Peter thinks he's being generous by willing to forgive someone up to seven times. He might even been a bit proud of himself for such generosity on his part. Jesus, however, wanted the rock of his church, and he wants us to take a glimpse of a radically different perspective of what constitutes genuine forgiveness and how vital it is. And so Jesus again used a story to convey his teaching. This one is about a king who decided to settle all the accounts of those he loaned money to. The first servant brought before the king owed, says our text, a huge amount this is a, an incredibly poor translation. The Greek text reads that the man owed murion talonton, which translates as 10,000 talents. Now, it helps to put this in perspective. A talent was a Jewish monetary unit. One gold talent today would be worth about $5,760,000. One silver talent worth about $384,000. Now take any talent you want, gold or silver, the text doesn't tell us which, multiply it by 10,000. Now possibly, possibly, a fairly well-off person in Jesus' day might earn the equivalent of one talent throughout the course of his entire lifetime. But 10,000 talents? And a servant? Actually, the Greek uses the word doulos, slave. Not possible. Now, this more accurate translation and its context begs the question that never gets asked. Who in the heck could be so stupid, so incomprehensibly foolish, so meshuggah to entrust to one person, a slave, a servant, a loan of 10,000 lifetimes worth of income knowing full well it would be utterly impossible to repay, not even thinking about the interest. It doesn't make sense. Who would do such a thing? God. You see, the parable Jesus weed for Peter and for us makes absolutely no sense unless one allows oneself to be drawn into the presence of the mystery of a scandalously generous God who defies all logic, all human concepts of what is just and equitable. Add to all that the equally scandalous generosity of God, forgiving the man his entire debt. And the parable reveals a threefold mystery. The scandalous generosity of God, his scandalous generosity in forgiving the entire debt owed to him, and the scandalous expectations he has for us, who are the recipients of his scandalous generosity. But where does that element come in? Well, Jesus wove into the story the account of a fellow slave who owed this much-relieved man 
What our text says is a much smaller amount. Again, horrible translation. The Greek text says the fellow servant owed hecaton denaria, 100 denarii. Now, a denarii was the commonly used coin in Jesus' day. It was a Roman coin. It would have been worth about the average daily wage of a person. Today's value, about $32. So this servant owed 100 days' wages, a debt that could be paid maybe with some time and patience. The servant who had been forgiven that jaw-dropping life-crushing debt would have none of it. He had his fellow servant put into prison until the debt was paid. And when the king got word of what had happened, things got very unpleasant. The servant was brought before the king who addressed him as Dule Ponire Wicked slave! Now that word for wicked comes from the Greek ponos, which carries the sense of, it's bad English, but carries the sense of badness, of being in bad condition, of having an evil disposition of mind. In some cases it's used in the expression hoponiros, meaning the devil or the evil one. Jesus' parable reveals that the servant forgiven the debt of 10,000 talents, had the opportunity to reach the height of his humanity by extending the blessing of forgiveness he received to a fellow servant, but he didn't. His choice, first formed in the mind, then acted out, showed that he chose to be wicked, evil, Now, we moderns don't like to hear such things because we like to walk around the planet with this uncritically swallowed lie that we're all basically good. We're not. Neither are we basically evil. I was raised in a church that said that. That's not true either. But as I said many, many times, we're neither basically good, we're neither basically evil, but we most definitely are screwed up and in constant need of grace. Our goodness flows not from our nature, but to the extent we respond to the grace to think, to live, to act as we should. If I choose to lie, well, I'm a liar. If I choose to steal, I am a thief. If I choose to take an innocent life, I'm a murderer. I choose to violate my marriage vows. I'm an adulterer. Now, forgiveness and restoration are never in question. But what is in question is if I will use the graces of forgiveness and restoration to move forward, to be what I was created to be. There's one last unpleasant dimension of Jesus' story. It often goes unrecognized. The king ordered the wicked servant to be handed over to whom? Torturers. It's an interesting word, by the way, in the, in the Greek text. He was to be handed over to the torturers until the debt was paid. That man would have had to endure 10,000 lifetimes 
of torture to pay off a debt that could have been so easily avoided if he had shown the compassion and the generosity to his fellow servant that God showed him. Our unnatural modern sensitivities combined with our tendency to treat God like some kind of doting grandfather with Alzheimer's who just approvingly pats us on the head no matter what, provides the illusion that there are no consequences to our actions. Jesus' use of the word torturers is therefore interpreted as, and I've heard this many times, as poetic license, uh, intentional exaggeration to drive home a point. That Jesus didn't really mean that. He most certainly did. And to make that perfectly clear, he said to Peter, who was to be forgiven much, and he is saying this very moment to each and every one of us who have already been given very much and will be, continue to be forgiven very much, so will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. Our failure to extend the blessing of forgiveness has serious consequences in this world and in the world to come. This should come as no surprise. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, from everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. <laughs>